Broadcasting live from our new state-of-the-art studio in downtown Chicago, it's Radio DePaul Sports, the student voice of your DePaul Blue Demons. This message is being brought to you by Radio DePaul Sports, the student voice of your DePaul Blue Demons. Live from One East Jackson, Chicago, Illinois, my name is Noah Festenstein, your host of Money Matter Sports Talk, right here on Radio DePaul Sports, the student voice of your DePaul Blue Demons. Here we go, it is episode 147, right here, all the way from Harper College Radio, right here to Radio DePaul Sports. Oh, 147 episodes is really kind of... Has to get you a little bit exhausted, just a little bit. But I always say I'm never exhausted with radio. I could do this every single day if I really had to. Really? No kidding. <laughs> You've reached Monday Man of Sports Talk right here on RadioDePaulSports.com and the Radio DePaul app. Download the Radio DePaul app. You get both streams from Radio DePaul right here to Radio DePaul Sports. You can listen to me on both streams. Right here, Mondays, 11 to 12, which is the time I'm on today until 12 o'clock. And then Thursday nights, Noah at night from 11 to 12 at night. So I'm 11 to 12 in the morning, one morning, and 11 to 12 at night on Thursday nights. So just download the Radio DePaul app if you want to listen to me. Uh, if you have it, thank you so much uh, for you know tuning in and enjoying the content that I like to present each and every week. I got a lot planned for today's sports talk program. I want to start it off with the Cubs. Um, obviously I want to talk about, um, Joe Madden and his leavings. I'm going to start it off with that. Uh, and of course, I have a little, I have literally all off season to talk some Cubs baseball and, you know, what their off season plans are going to do. So I'm not going to talk about that too much today because I want to get into some playoffs. Uh, this is the first time in a really, in, in, in Monday Man of Sports Talk history that the Cubs have not made the playoffs. So, now I can really look at the playoff bracket and say to myself, hey, I can at least avoid some bias here, which kind of gives me a little bit of relief in terms of predicting who's going to win the World Series. And I'm going to make that prediction today's show, uh, so stay tuned for that. And then following baseball and that World Series prediction, I got some Bears football. Da Bears! They won yesterday, as many of our Chicagoans do know, against the Minnesota Vikings, 16-6. to That Bears defense was electric last week. Uh, yesterday, just like how Club Dub was electric with the electric slide going on there. So that was exciting. Also want to get into some, maybe some fantasy football, maybe some other scores in the NFL if I have the time for it. But I got 30 minutes of UFC today where I'm going to be uh, debuting a new segment. It is called MMST's Top 10. I've always wanted to do a Top 10 type segment on the show haven't found the right time to do it, but now I have. And I think the right time is because, um, you know, this is the last year of the of Monday Man Sports Talk of, of college radio. And I kind of want to gather all of my sports knowledge and bring it into top 10 lists and kind of like say, hey, this is my top 10 of this. This is my top 10 of this. Uh, today's top 10 will be top 10 current UFC fighters. And I'll be discussing that also with the caller that's calling in at 1140 Carlos, the Liquid Terminator Rodriguez, a regular here on Monday Man at Sports Talk, here to talk UFC. Very excited for it. A lot to, to, to go through today for Monday Man at Sports Talk. But for now, I will take you guys back to break. So stick around. This is Monday Man at Sports Talk right here. Radio DePaul Sports, the student voice of your DePaul Blue Demons. Dad, this is fun. I didn't think I liked kayaking. Well, I'm glad you enjoyed it. But I think it's time to head back in. Okay. Can we come back? Sure. Hey, be careful getting out of the boat. It's a kayak, Dad. <laughs> I'm going to return the kayak. Can we walk home? How about a taxi? It's a short fare from your neighborhood to your naturehood. Visit discovertheforest.org to find a neighborhood park or green space near you. Brought to you by the Ad Council and the U.S. Forest Service. Hey, it's Dibs, your favorite demon in a blue suit. You're listening to Radio DePaul Sports, the student voice of your DePaul Blue Demon. Campbell to Stonewall. Stonewall driving to the rim, goes up, gets it to fall, and one. 
Oh. Max Drews brings down the house. Radio DePaul Sports, your home for Blue Demon basketball. These are the sounds of Game 1 of the 1954 World Series between the Cleveland Indians and then New York Giants. Center fielder Willie Mays makes one of the most, uh, I would say, uh, best catches of all time, if not the best catch of all time in terms of what was in that catch, uh, what the setting was of that catch was. Um, it was the Polo Grounds in New York which was uh, the former home of the Yankees, Giants, then took the entire Polo Grounds over in 1922, where the new, uh, the new Yankee Stadium was built about a quarter mile south of the then Polo Grounds. So interesting facts there. That happened on September 29th, tw- um, not 2019, what am I tw- September 29th, 1954. Um, that was yesterday. So basically, if I were doing a radio show on September 30th, 1954, 65 years ago, this is what I'd be covering right now, is that catch. So I just thought I'd be playing that audio on this show because it was a fantastic catch. Um, interesting thing about the Polo Grounds is that um, it was basically a hitter's dream, but the the field dimensions were insane. I think the weirdest field dimensions in all of the MLB stadiums ever built, it had 279 feet in left field, and in right field is 257 feet, which is about 50 feet less than the normal uh, left to right field walls, but then you go to center field, and it was 455 feet, where he's usually it's 400 feet. This was 455 feet, and of course, if that home, if that hit that Willie Mays caught was in a ballpark of today, that would have been a home run. And the fact that Willie Mays was able to run all the way back there and make that type of catch has to be one of the best catches in MLB history. Just want to play that audio uh, as I start off this baseball segment all audio played in this baseball segment will be on behalf of MLB so I'll be playing another bit of audio right now and this is in regards to Joe Madden uh so on what was it Saturday night if I'm correct uh the night before uh the Cubs announced that Joe Madden is now not to be a part of the Cubs organization next year um to conclude now the five-year tenure that was Joe Madden's I would say legendary tenure um the past five years um Came down to a 30 to 40 minute wine, uh, conversation over wine between Cubs manager, Joe, Cubs now then manager Joe Madden and Theo Epstein, the Cubs GM. Uh, had a nice glass of wine, a nice bottle of wine. They apparently drank the whole thing, according to what they said um, in this interview. But I'm going to play the end of this interview because uh, it's Joe Madden making a very good quote about just him and the future of the Cubs organization. Take a listen. it the right way is uh, good for all of us. It's just time, and that happens. And uh, great life I've, I've talked to you about from the from a book I recently read. Never deny the truth of bad news, and in a way, bad news, but also good news at the same time. We're both going to move on. Cubs are going to flourish. Hopefully, I get a chance to do this somewhere else. Uh, but uh, there's no tear shed. It's a good moment for everybody, and, and we're both excited about our futures. So. Be prior to Joe Madden saying that quote, Theo Epstein was bringing up the notion how this decision of Joe Madden not continuing his contract or not uh, signing a contract extension was that it was to be a win-win situation. Um, the Cubs are ready to move on. They got what they wanted out of Joe Madden, first of all. I mean, that's already said. They already got what they wanted out of him after 2016, considering they won a World Series championship. Um, but you kind of look at Joe Madden's entire life as a Chicago Cub. And you, you know, you tend to think to yourself as a baseball fan, not just as a Cubs fan, but just the contributions that he made for this team and not even for this team, but for individual players that play around him that, um, you know, have to talk to them on a daily basis. Um, and they take influence by him. Guys like Anthony Rizzo thinks of him as like a father. And he was emotional about that. John Lester thinks the same way. A great example is Ben Zobrist. Who got the chance to pitch in yesterday's ball game? A one-two-three, not a one-two-three, but a scoreless inning. Um, 
Ben Zobris, who played with him in Tampa Bay when Joe Madden was managing the Tampa Bay Rays. So just that type of relationship that was built this past five years with the, with Joe Madden, his individual players, his team, the organization, and of course the fan base um, is so elusive. It's so it's very unique compared to every other managerial tenure that we've ever seen in Chicago Cubs history. And that notion itself can say that Joe Madden was maybe the best, one of the best, if not the best, manager of all time for the Chicago Cubs. I mean, you can say that safely considering he broke the curse. And each and every season he managed Chicago Cubs um, was a winning season. He took a team that was losing 100 games in 2013, 14. The, the Cubs lost like over 80 games or like 80 some games in 2014. So then in 2015, just explode with 97 wins. And of course, 2016 with 103 wins. Then another um, over 90 win season in 2017, kind of diminished a little bit in 2018 and 19. And ever since really winning the, winning the World Series in 2016, of course, making it to the NLCS in 2017. Uh, making the wild card game in 2018, and then, of course, not making the playoffs in 2019. It's kind of been deteriorating a little bit. And I think that's what Dave Epstein has considered now um, looking at this team is ever since that World Series win, everything's kind of deteriorated a little bit. But we still, I mean, from the mindset of Theo Epstein is we still have a great team, and we still have that great mindset that this team can still win. And yes, I think from my point of view as a sports talk analyst, and I would hope from every Cubs fan's point of view, is that this team is still a fantastic team. Of course, now a um, little bit uh, diminished with the loss of Joe Madden, but this is a win-win situation for the Cubs. And a win-win situation for Joe Madden as well, because he can move on with his life and do something different. Maybe uh, he's going to get so many offers from different teams to be the manager because there's so many teams that don't have managers at the moment or at least are looking for different types of managers. So a lot of options are open for Joe Madden. And I they, I said the same thing when the Blackhawks fired Joe, uh, Joe Quenville uh, this past season for, the Chica- for Chicago. I was like, you know, this guy is going to find somewhere better. This guy deserves something great. And I'm going to say the same thing for Joe Madden um, because he deserves something super to the point where, like, he can flourish within within his own self and become a better human being. And I think these types of business decisions that I This is why I like the Epstein a lot because he makes a lot of business decisions based on humanity and basically the, the the desire to be happy, to be satisfied, and to move on with one's life. And I think Joe Mann has reached that point with Chicago Cubs. And every Chicago Cubs fan should be forever grateful for what Joe Mann did for this team. Simple as that. Um, that's really the last thing I really want to say on Joe Mann. Last week I was definitely anticipating during the show that this was going to happen, especially since the Cubs didn't make the playoffs. I think maybe it would have been a different story if the Cubs did make the playoffs. But to my point of deterioration, it's 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 really noticeable. And it was hard for Joe Mann to to work with this team because he had so many weapons, and it was very hard for him. So it'd be different for him to be coaching a different team. Um, but it's also I'm looking forward to the next coach that will arrive for the Chicago Cubs. Last week I said Joe Girardi, but there's also other options and. David Ross is one of them, but I, I'd be wary on David Ross. Obviously, he'd be a rookie. He knows these players, too, which is fantastic. Like, he obviously knows. Um, first of all, he knows baseball. That's the most important thing. But he also knows these players on this team because he he won a championship with them. Um, so who knows? Who knows who this next manager is going to be? Um, and I'm looking forward to uh, what this Cubs offseason off is going to bring. I have a lot of segments coming up uh, during the offseason to discuss what to expect this Cubs team and how they're going to progress moving forward. I have a lot of ideas. I wish I could have time today to talk about them, but I don't. And I want to talk about the playoffs. It's 11-14 right now, and I plan to move on for baseball at 11-20. I'm not going to do that because I really need to get this playoff discussion through. Like I said at the beginning of this show, it's the first time in Monday Madness Sports Talk history that the Cubs have not made the playoffs during its show tenure. I started Monday Madness Sports Talk in 2016, early 2016. So it was... February of 2016, and ever since then, um, the Cubs have been just great. Even in 2015, they were great. Um, So I've never had a chance to predict a playoff bracket without the Cubs in it. So 
Let's do that right now. Um, we all know that both NL Central teams that the Cubs were facing uh, in this race are in the playoffs. The Brewers are in the NL Wilds card game, and the Cardinals have won the Central Division. Um, so with that being said, I'm going to make my prediction um, right here for the playoffs. Um, I'm going to make it quick here because I'm not going to give too much detail as to what happens, but I will give details to the wild card game because those are going to be taking place on Tuesday and Wednesday. Uh, and on Tuesday, it'll be in Oakland uh, with the Oakland Athletics and Tampa Bay Rays. I definitely think Oakland's going to win it in uh, that one. I haven't really looked much into the Oakland Athletics team this year, but I would be rooting for them in the playoffs if they do make a good run because that would be one heck of a uh, a run if they do end up making, considering the uh, AL playoff bracket is stacked. Um, looking at the NL Wilds card game, which will be play, taking place on Wednesday, I got the Brewers or Nationals. <clears throat> excuse me. Brewers or Nationals. Um, I got Brewers winning on the road there. Um, considering they've been pretty hot of late, uh, they got, they slowed down a little bit, but I really do believe that the Brewers can pull it off on the road, uh, in Washington. Um, okay. Let's, let's go to the American League Division Series. Um, the Minnesota Twins and New York Yankees, I got the Yankees winning that one, uh, between the Athletics and Astros, I got Astros winning that one, uh, so it'll be Astros and Yankees in the American League Championship Series, uh, then the NLDSs would be the Atlanta Braves versus St. Louis Cardinals. The Atlanta Braves have the advantage over the St. Louis Cardinals with home field advantage. I think the Braves are going to win that series. Uh, the Los Angeles Dodgers and Milwaukee Brewers, the Los Angeles Dodgers are going to win that. Uh, in the league championship series, I got the Houston Astros and the New York Yankees facing off. Um, I did say a couple weeks ago that I had the New York Yankees facing the L.A. Dodgers in the World Series. Um That's a hard, this is probably going to be the hardest one because I know the NLCS. I can say the NLCS prediction for me is the LA Dodgers. I think the LA Dodgers are going to be in the World Series again. 106 wins in their season this year. The most amount of wins in franchise history in over 100 years of LA Dodgers franchise history. They have now won 106 games. Best team in the, ever really, I think, compared to all the other teams that lost in the World Series. This is the best Dodgers team. And... When I say that this is the best Dodgers team, I think no matter what I pick in this ALCS, the Dodgers are going to win this World Series. Uh, so with that being said, I really don't care about my prediction for the ALCS, but I will say the New York Yankees are going to win this ALCS against the Astros. Uh, a lot of firepower with the Yankees. It's hard to kind of pass that up. I mean, same thing with the Astros. They're insane. They're an insane team. Um, but I got Yankees and Dodgers. It's going to be a fantastic World Series, but the Dodgers are going to win it. Um... Now I have to pick how many home runs are going to be hit in the entire 2019 postseason. 71 was hit last year. That's a lot of home runs for a World Series, let me tell you. Um, oh, the entire postseason, whoopsies. Uh, yeah, but 44 was in the last year's World Series, which is still a lot of home runs. Um, I mean, I'm not going to make those predictions live on air. I think it's a waste of time. But um, with all said and done, got the Dodgers winning it. I really hope they do win it, considering they've gone through so much heartbreak the last two years. They do deserve a World Series right now. It's been 28 years since their last one, I think, in the 80s. So um, give, them, give, them, give them the World Series this year. They, they, they've deserved it this entire year. They've proven so much consistency. Great starting pitching. I think Clayton Kershaw does deserve a World Series ring, and uh, hopefully that will be this year. So um, if I were to be um, – if, if I were to really, really want to root for a team to win it, it would be the Athletics because that will be just one heck of a story if the Athletics will win from the American League. That will be fun. That will be a lot of fun. Um, so that's baseball for you today. Uh, may talk a little about the Cubs, MLB, um, home run leaders. I made a prediction three weeks ago about Pete Alonzo. Uh, actually it wasn't three weeks ago. It was when I was doing shows at Radio DePaul over summer. I said Pete Alonzo has a great chance of winning the MLB home run title. First, he breaks the rookie title of 53, uh, uh, record set by Aaron Judge in 2017, 52. Pete Alonzo, very proud that he beat Aaron Judge. Uh, on this because it was it seems like an unbeatable record, but now he's got 53, and now he becomes the first. Pete Alonso becomes the first player to win an NL rookie batting title or or home run rookie batting title, breaking the record. Also leading the league in home runs, the first rookie to ever do that. So, <laughs> just pointing that out there. That's insane. Um, 53 home runs already. Like wow. 
He could have a hundred home runs in this first two two seasons. That's insane. Um, some players don't even reach that mile uh, milestone till like their tenth season. So that's just absolutely insane. Congrats to P. Alonzo. Congrats to Tim Anderson on his three thirty five batting average this season. The American League batting champ. I'm gonna be uh, glorifying some White Sox. I think in the next couple years, if I were to be doing some radio shows then, but a, a lot of White Sox. Um, a lot of things to look forward to this White Sox team moving forward. Um, you got just so many, you got, you got weapons now. I mean, Tim Anderson, 335 batting average. Um, I think you got some fantastic pitching coming up from the farm leagues. I mean, Kopech just stated this past week that he, that Tommy John surgery is the best thing that's ever happened to him. So that's scary for the entire league. Um, to know that you got a guy who throws almost a hundred miles an hour and he's feeling fantastic post Tommy John surgery. Um, that's, it's, it's just scary to think about. There's so many things to look forward to this next upcoming season after this postseason. I think it's gonna be a great postseason this year. Looking forward to it. Starting on Tuesday between the athletics and Rays in Oakland, uh, for the AL wild card game. Alrighty. I'm going to take you guys to a break. When I come back, I got some football to discuss and more right here on Monday Madness Sports Talk. Right here on Radio DePaul Sports, the sin voice of your DePaul Blue Demons. Be back in about a couple. Stay tuned. I'm a champion. Real mechanism. Hi, Shaquille O'Neal for Rad. This is not your normal PSA. Don't be stupid. Don't drink and drive. If you're going to go out and have a good time, it's fine. But designate a driver to drive home. Let's stop the madness. Don't drink and drive. Public service announcement brought to you by the U.S. Department of Transportation, RAD, the National Association of Broadcasters, and the Ad Council. So I'm a cat, and I just moved in with this new human, and she's got this little toy she's always playing with all day long. Tap, 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 bloop, bloop. She can't put it down. There it is. Oh, and get this. She even talks to it. Last week, she asked it for Chinese, and guess what? Egg rolls showed up like magic. Humans have cool toys. A person is the best thing to happen to a shelter pet. Be that person. Adopt. Brought to you by the Ad Council and the ShelterPetProject.org. Biking in Chicago is more than just a mode of transportation. It's a lifestyle. It's convenient, affordable, and with 13,000 bike racks, parking is never a problem. But with every reward comes a sidecar of risk. In Chicago, over 1,700 cyclists a year are killed or injured in bike accidents involving motor vehicles. Bike safety is simple. First, become familiar with Chicago bike laws. Know your hand signals and when to use them. Love your brain. Get a bike helmet that fits your noggin. And deck it out with a headlamp and some reflective gear for riding at night. Bike at least three to four feet away from parked cars to avoid being struck by a car door being opened. Motorists can do their part, too, by checking their side view mirrors for bike traffic before exiting their vehicle. Most importantly, remember that we're sharing the road. Looking out for both ourselves and each other is the only way to keep Chicago's roads safe, no matter what your wheels look like. For more information on bike safety in Chicago, visit www.chicagobikes.org. This public service announcement was brought to you by Radio DePaul, Chicago's college connection. Broadcasting live from our new state-of-the-art studio in downtown Chicago, it's Radio DePaul Sports, the student voice of your DePaul Blue Demons. Welcome back to Monday Man of Sports Talk. My name is Noah Festenstein, taking you on until 12 o'clock right here on RadioDePaulSports.com and the Radio DePaul app. That was Don't Kill My High from Lost Kings. So I hope you enjoyed that intro right there. Uh, bringing me into the football segment for today. Got some Bears. The Bears are winners. Once again, three straights. Three straights. Yes. Oh. Only problem is our quarterback is injured. That's the only problem. First drive of the game. Um, was the exact drive of the game. It was like over seven minutes, almost half the entire first quarter, basically an eighth of the game, was the first drive of the game from the Chicago Bears. 14 plays. Um, gave them a Tariq Cohen 10-yard touchdown catch uh, to put the Bears up in the lead to hold that lead for the entirety of the game. 
So great game for the Bears defense, to say the least. Um, they literally kept the Vikings at bay when the Vikings thought they had a chance uh, moving up towards the red zone. They couldn't. They, Dalvin Cook, first of all, the Minnesota Vikings star running back was only limited to 40 rushing yards the entire game, which is insane. 40 rushing yards. Um, you, you'd expect at least 100 from Cook. Um, but the Bears defense just says no. And to everything that just goes into their way, the Bears defense is just going to say no. Um, very, very happy to see, um, even with the law... Uh, Bears didn't even have Roquan Smith. Uh, they didn't even have Akeem Hicks. He's got a, a knee injury right now. And the Bears defense still did what they did. It's insane. Uh, Khalil Mack had a great game again, as always. Um, and it's just the defense is what made the game yesterday. Even the game prior to, and that was last week, which I'll get to in a couple seconds here with fantasy football. Um, but... There's a lot of kind of questioning when it comes to how this Bears offense uh, systemizes what they do. And especially when Mitchell Trubisky's out there, you don't know what's going to happen. He's great. Um, he's great with the pocket. He's great uh, moving around. And he tried to do that in one play yesterday and, of course, fell on his shoulder very awkwardly. Last year, he had a right shoulder injury. And now this year, it's the left shoulder, which is not his throwing arm, which is good. Um, however, that's still not good that he's injured. Um, we're going to know any minute now, I think within the next 24 hours at least, um, what the status of Mitchell Trubisky's injury is. I highly doubt he's going to uh, play next week. I kind of hope not, considering that Chase Daniel um, played a fantastic game yesterday, coming out unexpectedly and really playing a very well, very good game. He was able to utilize the strength of David Montgomery. Fantastic running game he had. Um, and, I mean... We all know the weapons that um, the Bears have on wide receivers with uh, Allen Robinson. Taylor Gabriel didn't have as much of a big game yesterday uh, as he did that week before. Um, but Allen Robinson, Tariq Cohen, even David Montgomery had some yardage. Um, Wims had a fantastic game, had a couple great catches. Um, so it's just that those weapons is what's the X factor of this Bears offense is those wide receiver weapons. David Montgomery is also one of those guys. Tariq Cohen, he was ranked in the top three last year for uh, running backs in terms of uh, receiving yards. So just having those that those guys right there. And even that, the O-line played fantastic yesterday. That O-line was an extremely impressive. I don't... I, did the Bears get even sacked yesterday? I don't even think so. So... Just those types of performances is what the Bears need um, from their guys. The Bears looked scary yesterday. Disregarding the limited amount of points that they scored, 16, the Bears looked scary. Really scary. And uh, I'm just not going to I'm, I'm not gonna doubt uh, their abilities now moving forward this season. But I will say the only doubt that there is, um, yes, the Bears do have a still tough schedule. But you got an a NFC North division. That is really good this season. And you had a team yesterday in the NFC North that we're really underestimating in the Detroit Lions, uh, putting up a lot of points against the Kansas City Chiefs, but the Kansas City Chiefs needed a a two-yard um, running touchdown to win the game yesterday. So it took until the last play for the Kansas City Chiefs to win the game yesterday. Um, and that's interesting because... Um, the Lions aren't supposed to be this good, nor were the Packers, who are now 3-1, and one, but they took a loss um, against the Philadelphia Eagles on Thursday Night Football, which was a huge relief uh, to, uh, I would say, just the Bears in general and the rest of the NFC North, considering the Packers got their first loss of the season. Uh, looking at other, um, since we're a quarter of the way through the season already, um, let's look at the standings. So let's look at the NFC East. The Cowboys are 3-1. and one. They're up against in front of the Eagles and also the Giants who are also two and two. The NFC West, one of the only one of the only three teams that are undefeated so far are the San Francisco 49ers are three and zero. Seahawks are three and one. Rams are three and one and the Cardinals are on three. They're probably already done. Um but we'll see about that. Um, Cardinals are not gonna move anywhere. Um the NFC South let's look at because we already discussed the NFC North. Um the NFC South, the Saints 
uh, with an injured Drew Brees are now three and one. Uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers yesterday scored fifty five points um, against the Rams, which was uh, some sort of record. I'm not completely sure what it was, but fifty five points is a lot. Um, I think it's against a team that's supposedly good. I don't know the exact fact, but they they had some sort of record yesterday with those fifty five points. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers did. They're two and two right now. The Carolina Panthers are two and two, and the Atlanta Falcons are one and three. Let's look at the AFC conference in the AFC East. The uh, New England Patriots yesterday against the Bills. Uh, the Bills had a chance at the end, but then was um, gave up an interception, and that was it. Um, at, that was at the last drive of the fourth quarter. The Patriots were able to win that game. Um, now they're 4-0. Bills are 3-1. Jets are 0-3, and the Dolphins are 0-4. So it would be a between the Bills and Patriots for the AFC East this season. AFC West. Let's look at the Chiefs. They are 4-0. The Raiders are two and two. Chargers are two and two, and Broncos are are zero uh, and four. Now let's look at the AFC North. The Cleveland Browns got a, a much needed win yesterday. Two and two, they are now. Uh, the Baltimore Ravens are two and two. The Steelers are zero and three, and the Bengals are zero and three. Looking at the AFC South, the Texans are two and two. Colts are two and two. Jaguars are two and two, and the Titans are two and two. Interesting AFC South there. A quarter of the way through the season, all teams have the same record. I don't, I don't know what the last time I saw that at. That's interesting. Um, but, yeah, that is it. Uh, quick note on fantasy football uh, before I go into the next segment. Last week I was um, – shout out to my league here. Last week I was berating Alex P. I'm sorry, Alex P., for berating that. I definitely should have knocked on some wood considering – that the Bears' defense really dominated last week in terms of also a pick six on behalf of uh, Ha Ha Glenn Dix, basically winning that matchup for you last week there, Alex P. Congratulations on that win. This week I had a much worse week. I lost this week against my good friend and fellow DePaulian, Coram Faruqi. Shout out to you, Coram. Um, thank you for listening to the show. I know you're a listener, so I really, really appreciate you and all the other listeners tuning in here to Monday Man of Sports Talk. Um, so yeah, fantasy's kind of sucked. I was put I was put into a weird situation with the Bears defense last week. Obviously, I was rooting for the Bears defense as always, but I wanted them to do bad enough where um I can win fantasy, but good enough to where they win the game. Um so I was put into a very weird situation last week with the Bears defense, but that's okay. They still won and I was happy. Not happy with fantasy football, but we'll we'll come back next week. Next week we'll uh discuss it a bit more in depth. All right, but I know what we're discussing in depth today, and uh, I'm really looking forward to it. It's UFC on Monday Mana Sports Talk. As always, very exciting. And to be quite honest with you, I've really thought about UFC before I, I take you guys to a short break here. UFC, and this is also going to bring me into MMSC's top 10 too, is that UFC has really, really, really caught my attention this past year, considering all the great events that they've had, the great fights that they've had. But just the the system that UFC abides by. And it's just no off-season. Um, always something to look forward to. Events being announced. Fights being fought. Everything happening all at once. Smack talk. Smack talk this. Every, there's always something to talk about. Um, and that's why I love UFC so much. And uh, I've just been getting so extremely into it recently. And I'm going to do so by uh, naming my top 10 favorite current UFC fighters along with my good friend Carlos the Liquid Terminator Rodriguez. He'll be calling in shortly. But for now, I'll take you guys to a break. This is Monday Man of Sports Talk right here on Radio DePaul Sports. The student voice of your DePaul Blue Demons will be back in just a bit. Stay tuned. I don't recycle. I mean, we can just find another planet for your kids to live on, you know? Noted non-recycler Tommy Crenshaw talks about the future. Oh, I can totally see finding another planet that can support life when ours fills up with trash. Log on to yougottobekidding.org and learn about all the ways you can recycle, unless you're into lame excuses like Tommy's. Hey, recycling's just not my thing. Starting over on a new planet? Now that's exciting. Don't be that guy. Unless you want people looking at you funny. Log on to yougottobekidding.org. Whoa, long time no see. It's me, the rock t-shirt in the back of your closet. Dude, remember? You crowd surfed in me, man. But you haven't worn me in like forever. I get it, you're retired. But I still got some rock left in me. 
So take me to Goodwill, where I can really make a difference. Your donations to Goodwill create jobs, training programs, and education assistance for people in your community. To find your nearest donation center, go to Goodwill.org. Donate stuff. Create jobs. A message from Goodwill and the Ad Council. Listen, as a hiring manager, I've got to tell you, the best job candidate isn't always the typical candidate. Sometimes they're a grad of life. Meet the grads of life. Young adults of unique determination and experience, an ideal fit for your company in an entry-level position, internship, or mentorship. They might not have every qualification you typically look for, but they're exactly who your company needs. Sometimes the best candidates aren't the ones you're used to. Go to gradsoflife.org to learn how to find, cultivate, and train this great pool of untapped talent. Brought to you by the Ad Council and gradsoflife.org. Hey, it's Dibs, your favorite demon in a blue suit. You're listening to Radio DePaul Sports, the student voice of your DePaul Blue Demon. Campbell to Stonewall. Stonewall driving to the rim, goes up, gets it to fall, and one. Oh, Max Drews brings down the house. Radio DePaul Sports, your home for Blue Demon basketball. Broadcasting live from our new state-of-the-art studio in downtown Chicago, it's Radio DePaul Sports, the student voice of your DePaul Blue Demons. And welcome back. Monday Mana Sports Talk. Right here, Radio DePaul Sports. The student voice of your DePaul Blue Demons. Bringing the good vibes to the next segment with Quintino and Laurel. Good vibes. Alrighty. UFC time. Let's do it. Uh, my caller is calling in in just about a couple minutes here. Uh, but before I get into the caller, I want to talk about this list I have correlated here. This is MST, MMST's top 10, the first edition. I thought that the uh, the first edition should be UFC because it's just, you know, it, it, it was like so hard to create this list. I I'd spent I took an hour to create this list right here for UFC fighters. It's just so hard. So I purposely made this a very hard list for the first time so it can be up for discussion. I'm going to have Carlos Liquid Terminator Rodriguez also help me through this discussion as he's about to call in. But um, I created this list based on certain things. UFC MMA list. It's based on division rankings, skills, contributions to MMA, out-of-octagon personality, in-octagon personality, grit, and the influence to the game. Uh, I will state my honorable mentions. These are not in my top 10, but they were close to my top 10. Here, here they are. Israel Adesanya, Valentina Shevchenko, Wiley Zhang, Henry Cejudo, Derek Lewis, and Conor McGregor. Those names I have just named are not in my top 10, but are honorable mentions. So, let's get into it. Number 10, Jorge Masvidal. Fantastic up-and-comer right now. I mean, he... he uh, I, he can easily be up even further on my list. And uh, as I start the list here, I'm going to bring on the caller right now. It is Carlos the Liquid Terminator Rodriguez. Carlos, are you there? Indeed I am. Yes. Shalom, shalom. And Shana Tova, my good friend. Well, Shana Tova to you. Happy New Year. <laughs> Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Year what? 5,780. 5,780 is the Jewish New Year right now. Yes. Roshana Toa to all. Carlos, you're coming to my Rosh Hashanah dinner tonight. I'm really excited. Uh, yes, I am. I'm excited. I, yeah. I cannot wait. <laughs> yeah, my, my grandparents cannot wait either. We're going we're gonna to have a fantastic time eating brisket and matzo ball soup. I got a giant matzo ball on the top of the pole, kind of like how we see in Times Square. It's gonna be a countdown yeah. for the Jewish New Year. It's gonna it's gonna go down ten, nine, eight, seven, etc. And we're gonna have a huge countdown and we're gonna eat that giant matzo ball after. Are you excited? <laughs> Indeed I am. I am most looking forward to that. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk more about Rosh Hashanah later, but we got some important matters to cover here. You made a list yourself too about your top UFC fighters. Um, first of all, you haven't called into the show right now. To remind listeners who you are, this is Carlos the Liquid Terminator Rodriguez. He is a UFC um, prospect, I would say, hopefully. He's a prospect of fighting, and he's a fighter himself. Um, comes out of Mount Prospect, Illinois. Carlos, do you have anything to say about yourself? Well, uh, I would have to say 
that one day you will indeed see me fighting in the UFC and the bantamweight division. Hopefully I can get large enough to make it to the featherweight division as well and be a two-belt uh, champion. But in the meantime, I'm training in Midwest uh, Training Center, and I would say my fight style is very karate-like with submission wrestling. Nice. So expect yep. a lot of movement. Yeah, you are very well-renounced for foot movements, as I can tell, as I've seen you fight before. Well, practice, per se. I hope to see you fight very soon. Um, You will. You and your whole family. (laughs) (laughs) All righty. So let's get into this list. You got a top ten, Carlos? Yes, I do. I got him. I got him. All right. Well, I already said my top, my tenth is Jorge Masvidal. Um, What's your number ten? My number 10 is Nate Diaz, <laughs> who will be fighting Jorge Masvidal for the BMF belt. That is the bat. Yeah, the BMF, the baddest. The uh, baddest mother bleep. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for bleeping that. I appreciate that. Um, nice. Yeah, it's going to be a fantastic fight at UFC 244. Um, I want Jorge Masvidal to win that fight. I think you want Nate Diaz to win that fight. So we're definitely going to watch that fight together to see how uh, our two uh, parties react to it. I'm really excited for that fight. Oh, man, truth be told, it's it's going to be fireworks, man. I mean, Jorge Masvidal is a little light on the feet, but uh, and, and he has some explosive movements, but the pace of uh, Nate Diaz, the man does not gas. He did show a little bit of gas in the last fight, but he caught a second win, and he, he will nonstop walk you down and just, like, hit you from shots that, that are coming from all yeah. over the place. Yeah, no kidding. So that's what he does best. You're gonna like my number nine here, Carlos. It's Johnny Walker. Oh, <laughs> that's a good one. <laughs> that's the one fighter you well equate yourself to. So um, I also took that into consideration. Also, that he, uh, I think he's that best up and comer to maybe even face John Jones for a belt if he can win uh, his upcoming fight against Corey Anderson. I think that's 244, if I'm correct, right? Uh, yeah, the day uh, Nate Diaz yeah. and Jorge fight. So two That's fighters right. straight are fighting on the same card, so I got a lot to look forward to already. <laughs> Literally three favorite fighters, I believe, are on that card. Yeah. Uh, of my top ten that I'm going to list. Three of them. What's your number nine? My number nine is, uh, well, it was it's, it's uh, well, basically Khabib Nurmagomedov. 28 and 0, mm-hmm. the dude's a savage, and it's wrestling. Man, it, it sure it, 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 it sure is something that could, I could really use in my game, that that brutal wrestling. That well, yeah, I, you know I got seven years of that behind my belt, right? Uh, yes, you do. You got more experience than I do. <laughs> so maybe you got, I got a couple things to teach you then, for sure. Yes, you do, man. I kind of forgot. I kind of <laughs> forgot my wrestling. <laughs> you, cannot, you cannot forget your wrestling. No, no, you, you can't. Um, I'm ready for number number eight. Uh, it's Amanda Nunez, who's also fighting, I think, in 245, if I'm correct. Uh, Amanda Nunez. Oh, man. What a monster of a lady. That that lady is uh, super scary. Hits like a man. Didn't even take roids like Cyborg, but just somehow hits like a And was still able to, able to beat Cyborg? So, so quickly and so swiftly. <laughs> no kidding. Um, yeah, who's your number eight? Oh, yeah, my number eight, I would have to, uh, I would either have to go between Gunnar Nelson Who? or or Tyrone so, Williams. Okay, so let me ask you about Gunnar Nelson. Did you watch the fights on Saturday or at least watch the replays? Yeah, I was very sad. Gunnar Nelson, uh, he's a, he is a bit on the downslope, but I have hope in him. It's just like other fighters. Like we've seen Cowboys Cerrone on the downslope. We've seen uh, Vitor Belfort, Michael Bisping, and they've had their rises. Like, they go back and rise, and they they climb to the top, either win the belt or get really close. And the thing about Gunnar Nelson is I like his karate style, but he's too confident in his jiu-jitsu. The fact that his jiu-jitsu did not work against Gilbert Burns because Gilbert was just a much more powerful grappler. He needed to rely on the karate and blitz the man to a KO. So I was screaming at the screen, like, Karate has a karate blitz. It's an explosive move. It's kind of hard to land sometimes if people keep their hands up. 
But uh, if their hands ever slip and you hit them with a karate blitz, they can be devastating. Like Michael yeah. Venom Page is one of the guys that does that best. And he, like, is he in your is he in your top ten? Is Michael Venom? I know. Uh, before we move on, because you've already mentioned Michael Venom Page, he's a Bellator fighter. Which Bellator is? I'm actually getting more into of late. Um, Michael Venom Page isn't he on your list or somewhere? I mean, somewhere yeah. around your list. Yep, in the in the top five category. <laughs> like I, I love the way the guy moves, and he's uh. A big uh, influencer to my style. If he's on your and, list, uh, we can get more in-depth in it. Uh, I want to get down to number seven, though. I actually uh, moved some pieces around. Uh, I mentioned before you called in that I had Derek Lewis on my honorable mention list. I actually used to have him on my list, but I swapped him out with this fighter. This fighter is going to be Stipe Miocic at number seven for me. Ah, uh, good old Miocic. Yep, he's, uh, he's climbing the top, and I think he's going to beat uh, D.C., uh, the third time around, DC's going to fight him and then retire. I think DC took too much damage. He's too old now. Uh, I don't know. So we'll have to see about that. In terms of my number seven, it's Tony Ferguson. Yeah. I mean, the liquid terminator of the lightweight. That's I interesting that, that you have Tony Ferguson and Khabib Nurmagomedov on your same list. Yeah, <laughs> yes, I do. And I can't wait to see them fight. Yeah, that's uh, going to be a fantastic fight. Me a fan. Are you, and I'm gonna guess you're rooting for Ferguson on that one to take away the 28 and no no Magomedov. Possibly, but I won't be disappointed because honestly, you're I just do there for a good fight. Uh, I, I love Tony and I love Khabib, and and the thing is, like I, I always loved Russian fighters. I've been following them for years, and and I and I used to love Russian everything in middle school. I was pretty odd with the Soviet Union and the Russian Spetsnaz. It's a military. Uh, uh, like uh, branch, and uh, so like Khabib is awesome, man. I, I like I love anything Russian, as I like uh, many things Jewish. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> what's he called? Uh, I wouldn't mind uh, if either guy wins. I'm just excited for the fight. Like it, you know, if Khabib goes thirty and zero, great. If Tony Ferguson wins the belt, awesome. Like it, it, both are good, my friend. What's your number six? My number six is gonna be Dustin Poirier. The loser of, yeah, Dustin Poirier, man. I mean, I actually based this one off of a lot of out of octagon personality. I mean, Dustin Poirier, his mindset is something that I wish to have as a fighter, and I think every fighter should have. I mean, um, just the amount of I, I would say discipline he has, and a lot of self confidence he has, even moving forward from a devastating loss that he had against Khabib Nurmagomedov. He's there to move forward. He's a great family man. I mean. He dropped out of high school. I mean, he dropped out of college and became the man who he is today. And I think he's a strong person um, individually, mentally. And I just think I, I take influence from that. So I think everything considered, uh, Dustin Poirier deserves to be on this list for me. Oh, wow. Yeah, that, that, I, I would say so. That, he's, a, he's a very, very good man. Uh, I mean, I don't know how you can't, you can't like him. He's a very humble and yeah. he just has very outstanding character. And those are my favorite types of fighters is those humble fighters that understand the game and understand the severity of situations. And obviously the severity of his loss at 242 was um, was definitely devastating for that of Dustin Poirier. And he's recovered very well off of it. I think he's going to be a stronger fighter moving forward. Yeah. And what a brave man. Shows it. Shows his emotions, and even though he seems like he's about to break down, crying, you know, you can hear it in his voice. Like the mic goes away from him, but then he grabs the mic to say even more, even though he's losing his voice. I mean, this man is super bold, super confident. Whoa, what a guy! Yeah. <laughs> and uh, who's your number six? My number, six, my number six is W. Mega Man <laughs> Dude, you, the amount of times you talk about this man is I can if I had a nickel every time you've mentioned this guy's name about um, underrated fighters, I would probably not have to work for the rest of my life. <laughs> Should be told because little do people know the beat Magomed Sharapov is the truth. That like my buddy Josh, we've hung out with them in the past. What he what he always says is, "Tell me something the beat cannot do," <laughs> which is true. The beat can strike, he can wrestle, he can submit. He can do flashy things off the cage. Like he can, he, he he can he can do all kinds of crazy kicks. His footwork is insane. His evasiveness ridiculous. So in your eyes, so to those who are listening right now, UFC fans, Zabit Magomed Sharapov is that guy you should be looking looking out for. And he, what what division is he again? He's uh, in the featherweight. Yes. He's going to be fighting Calvin Cater, I believe, October 19th. Isn't, that's a, I think it's a fight night. Um, that's a fight night main event. 
co-main event. Co-main event, okay. Santos and Alexander Volkov. Ah, okay, okay. Those are two great fights for a fight night. Yeah, that's going to be a good one. Yeah, that's looking forward to that. All right, you guys ready for the top five? I know I am. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Uh, my number five. This was a tough one because I didn't know where to place this guy on my list, but it's Ben Askren. Um... I'm, people might question my choice for Ben Askren. I really wanted him to beat Jorge Masvidal in that fight, but of course he lost in five seconds. But Ben Askren is the best, I think is the best trash talker I know. I just love his trash talk. I love the way he speaks. First of all, he's a wrestling guru. He's a grappling guru. Um, his fight that's coming up against Damian Maya, that's going to be a grappling fest. So I'm looking forward to that fight. I just like Ben Askren a lot. I just like the way he talks. I like the way he presents himself. I think he deserves to be in my, my in my top five. Yeah, Ben Ben Askren, he's a he's a he's a really interesting guy. He he implements what I would say if anybody has ever listened to Coach Corey Wayne, dating and life coach. Uh, <laughs> You've and, mentioned and him to me before. Demonstrates these Deadpool also Deadpool demonstrates these uh, type of characteristics that love is playful and fun, not serious. Yeah. And uh, and, and, and what, what I mean is he doesn't take literally anything serious. He's always having fun, even in his losses. Like, you know, he's like, wow, that sucked, you know? Like, he's yeah. not making any excuses. He's the morning, yeah, the morning of. The morning of after the, his five-second loss. First of all, that was the fastest knockout in UFC history. He had to suffer the fastest knockout in UFC history. And then the next morning's like, well, that sucked. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's a he's a funny guy. Yeah, you know, I'm like some people don't like that, but I think he has the utmost positivity. My number five uh, is basically a man who comes from uh, well, one of my fifty uh, percent of my nationality, uh, and it's one hundred percent of his. Cuban uh, from Cuba, Joel Romero. Yes. Joel, <laughs> I'm sorry, <laughs> I put Paul Acosta in front of Joel Romero, so we'll 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 have to. Fist to cuff on that one, but yeah, tell me. <laughs> well, Joel's an awesome guy, man. He's, he's so yeah. powerful and a freak at age what forty two. Yeah, yeah, that yeah, that's insane. I mean, there's fighters that are fighting up until their fifties, which is absolute insanity. Um, but yeah, your number five is Paulo, Co- not Paulo Costa, Yaro Romero, who is currently I think third in the middleweight division, if I'm correct. Something like that. Yeah, third. third. You know, he's, I think he's third. I think he's right behind Paulo Costa, who he just lost to recently, um, which was, I think, the fight of the night in that event. I forgot what event it was, um, but that was awesome. Um, but, yeah, my number four is going to be a women's fighter, Michelle Watterson, who's got a fight coming up against Joanna. Oh, that's going to be a striking clinic. I mean, well, what is uh, 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 Michelle known as, the karate? Yeah, so she's, yeah, so she's the karate. So she's a... Uh, Karate is one of my favorite aspects of MMA. Karate, I've learned karate. Um, I am a black belt in karate. Just kidding, I am not, but I wish I was. Um, I, I <laughs> She is very, very elusive, and she's very, very good on her feet, um, very smart, very strong, and, I mean, her workout system, the way that she cuts weight is very, very smooth. Um, and I, I, I follow her on Instagram. She's one of my favorite UFC Instagram pages. Um, I, it's just... She just knows how to present herself. And she, I think, against this fight coming up against Joanna um, is going to be a test of time for her. Um, and if she can beat Joanna, dude, she's she's on the map for a title fight. I mean, that would be insane. I, she's in my top five because she is my favorite woman fighter going right now. Um, I just can't go too mainstream. Of course, I went a little mainstream with Amanda Nunez at eight. But I had to choose some women fighter that I think is an up-and-comer, and I think Michelle Watterson is that. Oh yeah, she's she's awesome, and I'll probably be rooting for her because well, because I'm a karate guy. Like I know a lot of people love Muay Thai, but I can just not really get into it much. Besides knowing that I need to have uh, knees in my game and elbows, I like to do the flying knee. But uh, flying knee is one of my favorites. Like the blisters, the side kicks, and all kinds of crazy wild kicks. Uh, and Taekwondo has that too. Uh, I I just prefer that style. It's for that fighting on the outside kind of style. So. Yeah, it's gonna be karate versus Muay Thai, and I'm excited to see uh, to see that. And that was uh, your number four, correct? Yeah, yeah. Who's your number four? We only got about five and minutes, got, so let's get this. We got Johnny Walker, <laughs> the six foot six beast with an eighty two inch reach, devastating and much more powerful than John Jones, I tell you. 
<laughs> and you're really enthusiastic about uh, Johnny Walker, which I admire a lot because I really, really want him to be the guy to beat John Jones, which is why he's on my list as number nine. You won't understand the rage that will happen, the euphoric rage, that is. If uh, Johnny Walker gets the belt, I would just love to see that around him. He's I don't know. I, I think I'd take more appreciation in your uh, celebration rather than Johnny Walker's win. That that I <laughs> Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure every, every one of our friends wants Johnny Walker to win to see how I react because it's going to be ridiculous. Like, I might faint. I, I, I really love Johnny Walker, and he has crazy wild ADHD-like energy. The guy is just Really hyper. Yeah. He got injured I, I just like by celebrating. What? He got injured just by celebrating. That's how energetic yeah. he is. <laughs> what a silly lad. Oh, man, I like him. Well, let's see what happens right. with him and Corey. How well, about your number three? Uh, let's see what happens with our top three here. My number three is Daniel Cormier. Uh, because of his wrestling, because of his knowledge, um, I love his commentary in UFC. He's, do- he's doing this new thing on ESPN Plus, Detail. Um, it's just talking about the upcoming events and going into detail about the fighters. Um, I just think Daniel Cormier is just his knowledge, just his knowledge in general. Um, and his story too is fantastic. He was not the most successful wrestler back in high school. He was thinking about dropping out and he's just, his comeback story is amazing. And he became one of the best UFC fighters, of course, winning the FC for best fighter this past year. And I think he deserves to be in my, my, my top three. Wow, yeah, he, he's an excellent man, and I love the way he talks. I, I feel sad for him considering he gets a lot of haters. I mean, he's I think he's an awesome guy. He's so nice that I'd like to talk with him. I'm sure he'll say something funny and I'll laugh. Oh, I like the guy. <laughs> All right, who's your number him? three? Michael Venom Page with that elusive karate style, and he beat that one guy that talked his way into a fight. He, they they should have never fought. But it was an impressive performance by Michael Vanham Page as he decimated that key, uh, Michael Keeley. I don't know what his name is. Keeley, uh, Kevin Keeley. I don't know what it is from, from Ireland. I think it comes from McGregor's camp, the SBG. I don't, I, I'm not sure what that camp's called. That, but uh, yeah, he destroyed that man with a flying knee the other Saturday. Yeah. You no, know, the other Friday in in, uh, in Ireland. That was pretty awesome. Yeah, that's cool. All right. I appreciate the Bellator top three fighters. That's good. It was really top UFC fighters, but I'll take a, I'll take one Bellator fighter out of this. That's that's fair. That's fair. Good good pick. Good pick, because he'd be on my list, too, if it was Bellator and UFC. Trust me. Um, number two for me, uh, we've already mentioned his name, is Khabib Nurmagomedov. Oh, that's a good one. <laughs> Damn, he's, 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 play, he's, he's, like, he's in a good place. Number two, eh? Yes. Why choose Khabib? Yeah, I chose Khabib because, I mean, he's just so good. He's just so good. I mean, his ground game, I can appreciate anybody who has a great ground game. His ground game is the best in, is in the best in the world. I'm sorry, his ground game is literally the best in the world. When he puts a fighter down to the ground, that fighter is going to have one hell of a time getting back up. It's insane. And that's the reason why he's got so many rear naked chokes to his name is Khabib um, because of his ground game, because he's going to put himself in those positions um and he also he literally all during that dustin poirier fight he had so many chances to put dustin poirier in a rear naked choke but he wanted to play with dustin a little bit not 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 wanting to end the fight too soon but uh khabib uh, not only that khabib his there is disregarding what happened uh with the conor mcgregor fight um just his mentality i think he's very disciplined as a fighter i always have to admire that type of level of discipline i think he's the most disciplined fighter on this list for me he is. All he cares about is, you know, Islam and fighting, so props to him. He does his religion, and then he does his fighting. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think he really parties. I think fighters that. that are religiously inclined, I think, to you as well, I think fighters that are one with themselves and their beliefs make them more confident. I don't know what you have to say about that notion. Yeah, I mean, it's true. I mean, when you really when you really have this feeling that God is with you, it's hard to explain uh, just to say, like, those who... We don't know what that that's like, but when you feel like you know he's there with you and stuff, you just feel like in the valley of you know death, uh, you know I'll fear fear no evil kind of deal, and you just pretty much walk through your opponent. The other if your opponent uh, if the opponent doesn't really feel the same, <laughs> yeah, that's what the beans just does every time. 
My number two is uh, Stephen Thompson. Ooh. But he's on the other spectrum in, in terms of uh, religion. You got Khabib as, as Muslim, and you got uh, Stephen, uh, the, the big-time Christian advocate. He's a really great guy. You mad at him yourself. Awesome. And I think, I think he does karate the best in all of MMA. Sure, Michael Venom Page looks more flashy, but Stephen Thompson is much smarter with his defense. Yeah, I've seen that, like that too. Yeah, I like I like that pick. I like that pick of Stephen Thompson. I'm glad that you mentioned him on this list. He's a he's a great guy, and I met him, and he's my profile picture uh, <laughs> on Facebook. And it's going to be there for a while until something cooler comes about. All right. Before we move any further, we're going to say our number one picks. Uh, I'm going over a little bit overboard at 12. Good thing that this is the only show before one. So I'm going to continue for a little bit longer. But before I do that, it is 12 o'clock. I remind our listeners, you are listening to Monday Man of Sports Talk right here on Radio DePaul Sports, the student voice of your DePaul Blue Demons. I'm on with Carlos the Liquid Terminator Rodriguez, um, hopefully UFC fighter one day, but fighter himself. On to talk UFC. We're about to name our number one fighter, personally, current UFC fighter. Are you ready for mine? Yes, I am. All righty. Mine is, it's kind of out of the ordinary, but I think it's worth it. Kamaru Usman. Whoa. <laughs> that's, that's quite the pick. That is quite the pick. The reason why is because, uh, big reason, big, big reason why I think the most anticipated fight that I think is for me personally is this welterweight match between Kamara Usman and Colby Covington. Not just because of this match, but I really, wrestling is my favorite aspect of UFC. I think Kamaru is the best wrestler um, besides Colby Covington. Kamara Usman's wrestling can compete with Covington's. Not only that, Kamara is just, he's so tough. He's really cool. He's just a cool guy. I just think he's just a cool guy. First African-born fighter to win a UFC title belt. He represents his country well, represents his area well, represents himself well, and uh, I think that's what makes a great fighter. Yeah, and literally the fact he went through the brick wall of Tyrone Woodley yeah. uh, so, so easily and continued to fight at the same pace for the entire fight that, that's ridiculous, man. I mean, you, you, and Tyrone you know, Woodley before that fight was on my top ten. Ball for 20, 25 minutes. Yeah. You guys tried doing that, throwing around a brick wall. Grab a brick wall and throw it around for twenty five minutes. <laughs> that's, that's insane, that's man. That's what does. That is insane. All right, excuse me. I want to hear your uh, your number one here, Carlos. I'm in heavy anticipation think, of it. I think you're probably you're probably gonna know, and a lot of people know this. Uh, well, my friends, uh, and that is the Footwork King, Dominic Cruz, my biggest inspiration for getting massive amounts of footwork into my fight game. Without it, I'd be getting punched in the face a lot more. I think Dominic Cruz, Dominic Cruz for showing me the way. Dominic Cruz is the best commentator in the game right now. He knows what he, he knows. The insides and outs of the fighting game. His foot were, yeah, you're right. His foot movement is absolutely incomparable. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm glad that you take a lot of his, um, your footwork gain game from him. That's actually really cool. Yeah, if it weren't for him, I'd be a lot slower. I just like he opened my eyes in a, in a crazy kind of way and such. It's like I don't know how to explain, man. He's like he's like my my fighting messiah, man. He led me <laughs> to the truth. <laughs> he said, how to use my little, my small size. So maybe, you know, against bigger people, you know, I can navigate around them for long periods of time. And people hate chasing me. Some people say that in sparring that they get dizzy trying to follow me because it's just like too much movement. And, and as long as I don't gas, the, 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 it really works. So it's, uh, it's awesome, man. Uh, Dominic Cruz is awesome. I can't wait for his return. Too bad. He, he goes through what I go through with just like the whole injury deal. Although I've only had two meniscus tears, I have the plantar fasciitis deal. He's got that too. But, uh, you know, he's, he's got a fragile body, and I feel like I got one too. But yet, you know, he can he has a great record, and he's done some great things in the sport. So you think he that there's a comeback looming for Dominic Cruz? Well, that. So you do you believe that there's a comeback looming for Dominic Cruz? I believe so. I mean, they, they're th you know, they're thinking, well, maybe put him up against the judo, but I think they should put him up against uh, one of the upper, up and up and comers. And one of those guys is uh, Peter Jan from yeah. Russia. From yeah. <laughs> I think good that would be a good guy to, to, to pick, uh, 
put them up because this is the new generation versus the old. So let's just see who's more worthy of the title shot. Like the new generation up and comer or, you know, the old generation. I like Whoever that a lot. Put them up against the judo. I think it's super smart. That is so cool. Okay, so before we end today, I want to get a couple more points down. Um, Saturday, UFC 243, Adesanya versus Whitaker. Who do you got? Oh, man, it's so tough. To be honest, I think Whitaker may be the better version of Kelvin Gastelum. And watching the last fight, Kelvin Gastelum almost finished Adesanya in the fourth, and he hurt Adesanya a few times throughout the rounds. So dropped him a couple times. And it's like, if that was Robert Whitaker... And he's like a little better. He might have what it takes to finish Adesanya. But then at the same time, how much has Adesanya improved his defense after getting clipped? Because he doesn't want to experience that again. He wants to be this invincible fighter. Sort of like a Jones, but he says, don't compare me to Jones, you know. But uh, I think he's a lot more technical of a striker than Jones. Not as good as a grappler, but he's going to be looking to come uh, invincible this fight and, 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 and do a clean sweep on Robert. But if that doesn't happen and he happens to get clipped by a guy like Robert, I think Robert has the ability to finish. So this is yeah. so 50 50. So this is a, this is a, this is a monster of a fight right here. This is ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I, I, don't, I don't know what to think. I, I like both gentlemen, but one may have to say, despite seeing what happened with him and Kelvin, like uh, that Adesanya should almost almost wipe out, you know, Robert Whitaker. I mean, I don't think we've seen Robert in a fight in a little while. I think since his Yoel Romero fight, I think. Yeah. Uh, I think we should continue this conversation between you and I later uh, when you come to my Rosh Hashanah dinner, which I'm looking forward to very greatly. There's There's just too much to talk about. This is the day. This is the day, man. Today is the day. You got that, my friend? Out there listening, today is the day. That's what today is. Today is the day. Today is the day. Rosh Hashanah. Lashana Tova to all listening. Uh, I'm going to end the show right here with Carlos on the line. On behalf of Carlos and I, uh, we wish everyone a happy new year. Jewish, uh, on behalf of the Jewish new year, uh, even if you're not Jewish, just happy new year. Shana Tova to all my friends. Yep, and I'm a Gentile who's a practitioner of Messianic Judaism. Hey, they'll. They'll take you Gentiles, you know, uh, Asians, Mexicans, you know, well, Latinos, and uh, everybody. It, it's awesome, man. Uh, get, get, get you some Hebrew roots. The stuff is fun. Uh, the celebration, they're great. The tradition, awesome. I, I say don't sleep on it. It's pretty fun. I can't wait to celebrate with uh, uh, Noah's family. Yes. The true descendants of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Can't wait to celebrate with y'all. It's going to be a good one. Looking forward to it today, Carlos. Looking forward to it. Uh, Please park uh, the Hellrider at the side of my house, please. I really would appreciate that. (laughs) Sounds good. (laughs) All right. I'll see you later, Carlos. Thank you so much. Yeah, yeah. Sounds good. I'll see you later. See you later, Carlos. That was Carlos, the Liquid Terminator. Are you guys on for the past 20 minutes talking UFC, our top 10 in our UFC um, rankings First ever MMST's top 10 there. That was awesome. Um, thank you all to who listened today. We did a lot today. Um, and I'm looking forward to it even further as we do more episodes. This has been the episode 147 of My Name Anna Sports Talk right here on Radio DePaul Sports, the student voice of your DePaul Blue Demons. My name is Noah Festenstein, and I'll see you guys next week, 11 to 12, on right here, My Name Anna Sports Talk. See you then. Broadcasting live from our new state-of-the-art studio in downtown Chicago, it's Radio DePaul Sports, the student voice of your DePaul Blue Demons.